Hey guys, welcome to CFB Whip Around. Thank you so much for coming to check out our podcast. If you're not already following our social media, go to Instagram or Twitter. Go ahead and give us a follow at CFB underscore Whip Around. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode, and let's get straight to it. to week 11 of college football whip around with Austin Wills and Tyler Pesavento. Tyler, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving and let's just get straight into some games this last weekend. Let's start immediately with one of the biggest games that I've been hyping up all season and one of the guys I've been hyping up, hyping up all year, Sam Howell and North Carolina Tower Heels. They played Notre Dame this last weekend. Notre Dame came into this game ranked number two. Sadly, the Fighting Irish did win this game, 31-17. to 17. Ian Book, 23 for 33, 279 yards and one TD. But, man, Kyron Williams, running back for Notre Dame, continues to get it done for the Fighting Irish. 23 carries, 124 yards, and two TDs. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a pretty good game to start the weekend. North Carolina, I you know. I thought they're a good football team going in, um, but Notre Dame really proved that they are a great football team, which I did not believe going in like the whole season. Ian Book, I still feel, is a pretty underrated quarterback going into this game. Um, across the board, he wasn't ranked in the top 10 of quarterbacks, um, which is pretty crazy that he's leading a number two fighting Irish. But I really feel like he proved it on the field, and he really doesn't need to pass necessarily to win. Um, he did have one touchdown. And Kyron Williams, yeah, they've they just split it up from their – running back and quarterback play. And then just that Irish defense is just unstoppable. And they're kind of playing like a complete team. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. When you're looking at this game, I mean, North Carolina, two for 12 on third down. Obviously, when you're not going to convert on third down, you're not going to have that great of a chance to continue to move the ball down the field. And that's exactly what we saw for this Tar Heels offense. Sam Howell, 17 for 27, 211 yards and one TD. It didn't really look like he was able to truly find time in the pocket. And that was one of the biggest things that really hurt the Tar Heels in this game. And the Friday Irish, it was tied at halftime. And after halftime, Notre Dame, like you said, they stopped him on defense and they shut him out in the second half. And the Fighting Irish continue to have a good argument for being in the college football playoff here in a couple, here in several weeks. So yeah, that was one thing I I would have to say though is that it was interesting that like Mac Brown's team and Sam Howell did not put up much of a fight. I mean, they put up a fight, but they didn't score, and that's just like on you know looking at the box score, it doesn't seem like they were even they came out second half. Um, So yeah, that's just testament to the Notre Dame defense. Absolutely, another big game this weekend we had Clemson. They were playing Pittsburgh this weekend, and Clemson came back and won. Trevor Lawrence in this game was 
He was 26 for 37, two touchdowns. And like I said, 403 yards passing. That's a good way to come back from, uh, from testing positive from COVID. And again, Clemson is going to have to continue to win out the rest of the season. And ultimately they'll have to face Notre Dame for the chance to be in the college football playoff for the, I believe it's the fifth consecutive year that they have been in the playoff this next year, if they get it in this year. Yeah, that's some crazy domination. Um, and for Lawrence, just this is his first game in five weeks. Um, and if he ends up, you know, we might talk about it later, but if he ends up going drafted and doesn't stay at Clemson, that could have been his last game at Death Valley. So it was pretty impressive. He put up over 400 yards, two touchdowns, and that's a great way to go out as a Tiger. I don't Absolutely. know. I, I, I kind of hope we see him again in a well, Clemson uniform. Well, here's the uniform. thing. I, I, something on Clemson's Instagram, Clemson's football Instagram posted something about him being a senior. And, and I was like, wait, he's a junior. So I don't know if that's just them, him kind of already saying that, no, I'm declaring or not, but man, it's going to be, I think that ultimately he does have, he has to go to the draft because he's ultimately going to be one of the number one pick in this next year's draft. But again, he's going to, he's probably going to fall to the jets. And ultimately that's where quarterbacks careers go in the tank is because they have no weapons. He has no weapons to throw to for the Jets. But again, we'll have to see. For he has sure. a generational talent. He could totally flip him around. Um, I just, I wish the best for him and I want to see him succeed really far into the future. Absolutely. Let's talk about another game that was kind of big this weekend. Iowa State in Texas. Iowa State was ranked number 13 coming into this game. They ended up winning 23 to 20. And the reason why, Brock Purdy, 25 for 36, 312 yards passing and a touchdown. Dude has definitely turned it around from since the beginning of the season when he was getting sacked in the backfield and just throwing the ball up for pick six. Man, it's uh, I think that Iowa State ultimately has a chance to a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that Iowa State ultimately has a chance here to make a run for the Big Ten, Big 12 championship. I, yeah, I it's looking lose. like it. They're right on the road. I yeah. mean, Texas defense was going to be like kind of a, sh- you know, a show and go and see if you can do it or not. And they held them all four quarters, took the dub. And I think, yeah, you're right. They're going to take it to the Big 12 championship. Yeah. And then when you look at the rest, they, their last game of the season this next week is going to be against West Virginia. And then most likely they will play o- Oklahoma in the conference championship. So definitely something to keep an eye on for sure definitely made a turnaround from the beginning of the year but okay the Pac-12 is officially out of the college football playoff Oregon was the last team that had a chance to make a run for the college football playoff and this weekend they lost to Oregon State thanks to thanks to the efforts of Jamar Jefferson who had 226 yards rushing and two touchdowns on 29 carries. Now, granted, Tristan Jebbia, quarterback for Oregon State, did have 263 yards passing and a touchdown in this game. However, Jamar Jefferson is the reason why the Ducks will not be in the college football playoff this year. Yeah, Jefferson ran right through the Ducks defense. And I think it really just showed the immaturity and lack of experience um, on the Ducks defense. And then their offense just couldn't really pull it through. Um, Oregon State did put up 22 points in the fourth quarter. And it was um, impressive for that that rivalry game. Um, 
And although it did take our Oregon out of, you know, the CFB or any type of playoff or New Year's Six, really, good football is always fun to watch. And I, I was happy that Oregon State got to, you know, make the upset. Those are always great. I don't know if you watched that game and all, but that game was probably the most foggiest game I have ever seen in my entire life. The, the announcers for that game did not know that a pick happened on the field because they could not see it from the press box. And that's ultimately why Tyler Shaw, the quarterback for Oregon, struggled in this game. I think – I think Oh, that, we can't be blaming the weather. Jimmy okay, was but, playing in but, the same weather. Okay, but we have to – be really honest though like that that had to play a factor in why jefferson probably ran the ball so much and why shah probably struggled as well i mean in this game oregon only ran yeah they didn't even run for 100 yards no they ran for 183 or i guess rush only 93 yards you're right yeah their leading rusher had 93 yards but still no but i'm gonna say this right now washington is the best team in the pac-12 and here's why. Their defense, led by Zion Tapuola Fatui. The dude is an absolute tank. They played Utah, Washington played Utah this last weekend. Tapuola Fatui, he had six total tackles, three sacks, three tackles for a loss, and he forced a fumble as well. And when I'm looking at this Washington team right now, I don't really see anybody in the Pac-12 who has this star-studded defense that Washington has. When you look at safeties like Elijah Molden, Trent McDuffie, man, this this Washington team has is going to win the Pac-12 championship. That that is my opinion because I do not see Oregon and Tyler Shaw really being able to keep up with them defensively. Now USC? No, no, USC is gone. No, they're done. There's no reason. There's no way that they win. No. They're at 3-0. I don't know. I think Slovis has kind of proven a point. Their, de- their defense, yeah, didn't do so great against Arizona, but they're still undefeated. They're still undefeated, but they've won the last two games that they played. No, okay. They won the first two games of the season by, in the last two minutes of the game against pretty average teams and pretty awful teams. When I uh, – Arizona is currently tied for last in all, in all the Pac-12 and Arizona State has not played a game since the first week of the season. Yeah, that's fair. There's just not enough Pac-12 play for us to see it. I don't know. I think the Washington, yeah, the the Huskies really hold it over on defense, but I really think the offense and it's Pac-12, you know, West Coast defense, you know, I mean, West Coast offense, my bad. There's the, the West Coast title for a reason and it's all about passing. That's what we know Oregon for. That's what we know USC used to be known for it. And I just think USC. But ultimately, is- Washington is a team. They have a true freshman quarterback or redshirt That's freshman quarterback exactly. in Dylan Morris, and he's not gonna. He's not. He hasn't really thrown the ball that much. They're having to rely on their run game, and they're having to rely on Sean McGrew and, and Newton. That is why they're going to continue to run the ball. When you look at their offensive line, their offensive line averages a six-five, three hundred and five-pound lineman. When you have that big of size up front, that is what's gonna that's what's gonna push you forward. And I mean, not that there's been fans there, but it is interesting that Washington's played all three games at home and USC has played two of theirs away on the road. So 
not that fans are much of a difference, but the weather, you know, we're talking about the fog up with the Oregon game. So, you know, when the Huskies go on the road, it could be a little different. That's something USC has been having to fight and they're undefeated still. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get in some, to some other games this last weekend. You've been high on Mac Jones, Alabama. The, they were playing in the iron bowl this last weekend without head coach, Nick Saban. Nick Saban tested positive for COVID again, and he was not able to come back this time. I think that this time it was an actual positive test. However, there was no problem here. Alabama rolled 42 to 13. Mac Jones, 18 for 26, 302 yards and five touchdowns. The reason why? Devonta Smith, seven receptions, 171 yards and two TDs. This game was over from the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Big Mac threw over 300 yards, five touchdowns, like you said, to Devontae Smith. And they're just really complete, that offense. Um, Najee Harris, he had 96 yards on 11 carries and one touchdown. And the fact that they, they did this all with the virtual coaching of Nick Saban, undefeated. Usually the Iron Bowl, I mean, Alabama's always great. And usually the Iron Bowl's like a really competitive game. But this team just came in and wiped right over Auburn. And yeah, number one for a reason. Absolutely. They're going to continue to be on top for sure. And it's also impressive. They don't have Jalen Waddle and they're still doing, still doing all this. It's because of Devontae Smith. And it's also because of John Mechie to the third. And he still has two of the top receivers in the nation. And right. That's why I think Alabama has the best receiving core. It's going to take them really far into the CFB. Absolutely. Another team that you've been pretty high on this year, Texas A&M. They played LSU this last weekend. This game was... It was a little ugly to watch, not going to lie. But the whole reason that Texas A&M was able to win this game was because of Isaiah Spiller, their running, Texas A&M's running back. Kellen Mond was awful in this game, 11 for 34, 105 yards, and a 15.9 QBR. But Isaiah Spiller, 27 carries, 141 yards, and one TD. Yeah, really sure that's all you need to win. You don't really need a great quarterback and – they got that little bit of the Notre Dame and Ian Book kind of uh, uh, ingredients going on, but they got enough to pull it out with that defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think that Texas A&M is going to continue to – I think Texas A&M will probably win out. Um, their their schedule the, the, this last weekend of the season doesn't really look that challenging this next weekend. And, um, again, Auburn's hasn't really been that great this year. Uh, Bo Nix continues to struggle against the good teams. And ultimately, I think that's what's going to happen this next weekend. He's going to struggle against a top team. And Texas yeah, everything, everything I've been saying about this, the Texas A&M season has been kind of lining up about them ending fifth. But unfortunately, I don't think any of the top four are going to bounce out. I don't think there's enough weeks left for one of those to get two losses and bounce out. I don't think Clemson's going to lose again. So here's the thing. I Here's the thing that... I think might shake it up. If Clemson wins out and they beat Notre Dame in the ACC championship, you still think that Notre Dame is going to be in the top four? Or do you think that Clemson jumps to number three, Ohio State jumps to two, and then maybe Texas A&M, maybe they have a better schedule than you say Florida or Notre Dame? Unfortunately, just since Notre Dame did beat Clemson in a primetime game and Notre Dame just beat North Carolina, I don't think that's enough for them to pull Notre Dame out of the top four 
like at most they'll just get the four spot and then like you said ohio state gets two clemson gets three and then bama takes the one but i don't see much shaking up i don't see anybody bouncing out yeah no i i mean it's really hard to tell because you look at it this way so right now ohio state is in chaos right now because right now they are not able to play this next weekend's game because of covid now there has to be at least three games this next weekend for the conference championship minimum of games played to be lowered to six and if that's the case then they still have a chance to go to the big ted championship however i don't see that ohio state will be going to the playoff if they don't have if they don't win the big 10 championship i think that there is two they haven't really proved enough in the three games that they've played i think that definitely beating indiana last week was pretty good but at the same time like that game came down to the wire and I think it's it's just going to be really interesting to see what the college football committee truly believes is right. Yeah, you bring up you would bring up a really good point because so sure, yeah, honestly, COVID's kind of yeah crippling Ohio State's like legitimacy in this, and so if they end the season with saying playing five games at max, that opens up that fourth spot. Now, who do you think would take that in? You've been high on Florida and Kyle Trask all year. Do they have enough? If, if they end, you know, they're going to most likely it's lining up that they're going to play Alabama in the conference championship. Now, if they lose completely out, if they beat Alabama, do they get that spot over Texas A&M? Because Texas A&M didn't get. Here's I'm going to say I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yeah. yes, because here's why. When you look at Alabama, Alabama is currently ranked number one. Texas A&M's only good win this season is against Florida. However, if Florida, if if, if the committee looks at that game, and they look at see how Florida lost to Texas A&M, but then they ended up winning the SEC championship. I think that they look at the SEC championship as a bigger win than Texas A&M being in Florida earlier in this season. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Let's let's talk about the Florida game. Okay, absolutely. Let's talk about the Florida game. This weekend, Florida played Kentucky, and not a surprise, Kyle Trask continues to light it up. 21 for 27, 256 yards and three TDs. His, his main receiver, Kyle Pitts, five receptions, 99 yards, and three TDs. Yeah, I really think I, – I honestly think this game against Kentucky put Kyle Pitts' draft stock into the first round. He had an explosive play of 56 yards from Trask. He had three touchdowns on 99 yards and only five receptions. And I think that, you know, these NFL offenses are looking for a quick, dominant, fast, catch-heavy tight end and that's exactly what Kyle Pitts is and I I didn't think he'd be a first rounder but man I really think he's going to be up there now yeah I mean it's really hard for me to look at this Florida team and not just be in awe I mean when you look at Kyle Trask's Kyle Trask stats continue to get better week in and week out he's thrown for over 30 touchdowns this season he's thrown for 34 touchdowns and three interceptions 2,800 yards passing and since they've played enough games this season his QBR is actually ranked third nationally so they do have enough games to really give him like legitimacy and even the Heisman race honestly for like weeks Kyle Pitts is ranked Kyle Pitts according to pro football focus is the highest ranked skill player 
to ever be ranked. He currently has the highest score out of every single player within the last, I think it was the last eight years or something like that. It's ridiculous. And he's a tight end. He's a tight end. So, and on, on Trasen, um, he's kind of just doing things that no, no one really, he just has, they, Florida just hasn't had any games canceled and he's just been putting up stats on stats where we've no, seen. They had, they did have some games canceled at the beginning of the season, but it's definitely not impacted him as much as Justin Fields right now or Trevor right. Lawrence. He mean, Clemson still got a play while he was sidelined. Right. Everyone else putting up stats and Kyle Trask is just doing that same thing. So good exactly, for him. Exactly. Exactly. And ultimately that's why he is, ranked number one in the in, in the uh the heisman's rankings right now so currently their rankings go kyle trask mac jones trevor lawrence justin fields and our byu boy zach wilson so really definitely really interesting um, who goes higher in the draft zach wilson or kyle trask wilson's only thrown two picks this year i would i will have to i know he's not playing like these power five teams but i will have to say is like his touchdown to pick ratio is pretty impressive. Power I think that when you look at when you look at the different quarterback styles of Zach Wilson and Kyle Trask, I think that Kyle Trask is a better NFL fit quarterback. He's a pocket passer. He can definitely run, but he definitely is not a Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson esque quarterback. That's what I see in Zach Wilson. I see that Zach Wilson can throw the ball a little bit, but he also he he does take he does tuck the ball down and run um, as well. And I think that. The biggest thing that Zach Wilson's downfall is, is sometimes he takes the bigger hits. And when you get to the NFL, you can't be taking hits. And that's for sure. That's what we saw no, he's a in, in Joe Burrow season before he got sidelined with that torn ACL on um, and MCL and whatever else he, he tore in his knee, man, that was awful. But yeah, he's going to need a new leg. Another upset this weekend, Northwestern currently was ranked number eight in the nation, they got upset by Michigan State. Now, remember, Michigan State's only win before this was against Michigan in week three. And, man, Michigan State, they, they were able to pull it out in the end. And the reason why was – I was so impressed that somehow number eight Northwestern lost to this garbage. Like, And they were wearing the garbage jerseys too. Michigan State, I, I, I'm so embarrassed for Northwestern to go into this game so ranked highly they were like in lined up to be in the pat in the big 10 championship game if everything goes right and they just blew this one uh their well, quarterback I, mean, Rams- I mean when you look at this game michigan state came out punching with their 75 yard touchdown in the first quarter and then i mean northwestern went to half down six to 17 like you can't be doing that yeah, I mean, when you're ranked in the top 10, you got to be winning. Ramsey had games. no touchdowns, two interceptions. Like, it, oh, just, man. Like, they had so much hope going in. I feel bad for their fan base. One last game that I want to talk about this last, last, this last weekend was Georgia versus South Carolina. My guy, JT Daniels, I don't know why they didn't start him at the beginning of the season, but I'm going to say this right now. If JT Daniels started at the beginning of the season, the Bulldogs would be going to the – college football playoff however they didn't and they're not (laughs) they're not but jt daniels in this game he had a pretty solid game 10 for 16 139 yards two tds and one interception but the reason why they won this game was because james cook and zamir white cook and white combined for for a total of 188 yards rushing and four tds in this game and that was 
the reason why they won this game because they dominated the run attack against a lackluster South Carolina defense. Yeah, absolutely. They started, I mean, first quarter, they blew it open 21-0. And then after that, um, honestly, if they didn't do that, we probably would have seen more of JT Daniels throwing the ball more. But Georgia, they blew open a lead, held on to it really quickly. And number nine, rolling right through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now they're ranked, they're, they're eight and two now. So what a turnaround for sure. for Yeah, the yeah. That, that's starting to look a lot better than what they started. Weren't they at like three and two one point? Yeah, I mean, they were winning games by, like, a touchdown, but it was ugly. And Who was that backup quarterback that they had at the beginning of the season? I just saw he entered the transfer. Oh, yeah, Dewan Mathis. Yep. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. But, all right, let's talk about some big games this next weekend. Texas A&M plays Auburn on Saturday, and this game will be played at Auburn. Do you see... Auburn giving Texas A&M a run for their money, or do you agree with me in the fact that Texas A&M is probably going to roll and really rely on their run game in Isaiah Spiller? Yeah, most likely they're not, most likely they're not even going to try and attempt much with Mond and just get a you know solid lead up in the first half and then kind of roll through. But it is Bo Nix, Auburn at home, and they do like to pull off a lot of marvelous end-of-the-game heroics. So we will see, but most likely um, it's most likely going to be Tamu rolling through and just getting that number five to end the season unless the whole Ohio state thing finishes out. But yeah, that's going to be crazy. Let's talk about the big 10 real quick. So Indiana had some terrible news come today in the fact that Michael Penix jr. Penix jr. Their quarterback is out for this season with a torn ACL. Now Indiana plays Wisconsin this next weekend and Graham Mertz and the Badgers. Do you see Indiana being able to, win this game or do you think that wisconsin is able to capitalize on Penix jr not being able to play the rest of the season yeah this is such a tough blow for the hoosiers and Penix is really just a program changer um right now wisconsin has an 84.1 percent chance over the hoosiers but we do know with ty freifogel and that that really the rushing offense that the hoosiers have in that o-line that if they can keep the ball on the ground uh you know, they have a great shot, and it really just comes down to defense. We haven't seen – Wisconsin's only played three games this whole season, so we haven't seen really much. Mertz is a freshman. Um, I don't know. I don't Honestly, this might be one of the most, like, interesting games of the weekend, uh, just considering all the factors coming into it. Yeah, I think that it'll definitely be a game that's going to be interesting, but I think that ultimately Graham Mertz is going to have another good game. I think that he's going to come back from – there i think that he's really gonna light it up and he's gonna help the badgers continue to push forward and towards that big 10 title and it, it's definitely gonna be one a good one to watch this next weekend for sure all right now let's end it as we usually do college football playoff picks do you see anything changing or do you kind of still have the same four picks for this for the college football, the college football playoff. I mean, I think they're a lock unless Ohio State can't get enough games due to COVID. And honestly, I really didn't think of that about that much until you brought that up. And that most like with everything going on, that's kind of the path it's going to. And I've been really high on Texas A&M all season. And if they can have a really convincing win against Auburn and 
then I think the college football playoff committee is going to have, you know, some, some big dilemmas on their hands. Cause you know, that'd be their seventh, eighth game for Texas A&M all convincing wins. They've beaten Florida. Um, unfortunately they won't, they won't get a test A&M. I mean, Alabama in the championship game, but other than that, I think that'd be the top four and yeah, Mac Jones, Alabama, just going to cruise it to number one. Ohio or well, I'm sorry, Clemson and Notre Dame going to take the two and three and then Tamu with four. How about you? All right, man. I think that I, I kind of agree with you. I think that Ohio state is definitely in a little bit of a, a, a little bit of chaos right now with COVID and ultimately that's what 2020 has been about. And, and that's COVID-19. That's been one of the biggest things that everybody's talked about. I really feel bad but at the same time, like, that's just what football is next, next team up. And that's why I'm going to say that number one, number one, I think is going to be Clemson. I think Clemson is going to be number one because they're going to win the ACC championship. Alabama will be number two because they're going to lose in the, in the SEC championship to Florida. Notre Dame will be number three and Florida will be number four. I think that Florida has enough to prove with an SEC championship under their belt to jump Cincinnati and Ohio State. I don't think that Ohio State's going to have enough to really show the committee that they deserve to be in the playoff with only five games. So that's interesting. Does that hurt Justin Fields' um, shot at Heisman? No. I mean, when you look, <sighs> I mean, if you're not going to give him, a, if you're going to say it's not enough games for. Yeah. You know, the whole team to be in there. What says Justin Fields did enough? I mean, you know, Trask so here's, here's my thing. Here's my thing with Justin Fields. Going into the Indiana game, he was 11 and 0 touchdown to interception ratio. He is currently a 14 and 3 inter touchdown to interception ratio after the Indiana game. And I mean, now granted, that's a pretty good stat line. However, we still haven't really seen a whole lot of him that much we've only seen him play quarterback for two years so I don't I, I still see him as one of the top quarterbacks in this draft class however it's going to be really hard to be able to market him with only two years of experience under his belt and I think that that's just going to be one things that one of the things that teams might pass on him because of you think he'll drop in the draft I still kind of think he's going to be the number two quarterback taken off the board after Trevor. I mean, with the right way, now it's with, like with the way the Kyle Trask, with the way the Kyle Trask is playing right now, I I don't think that Trevor Lawrence. I don't I don't think that Justin Fields will be the number two. I think that Tr Kyle Trask will be. Yeah, that, that's actually an interesting point. For a long time, they were saying like Atlanta could take up Justin Fields if uh, Lawrence ended up going so that that could really switch up all the quarterbacks i'm i'm excited for all the the quarterbacks about to enter the nfl it's going to be pretty exciting for the next couple of years to come absolutely absolutely all right guys that is going to do it for this week's episode of college football whip around thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you guys next week